2: To that team tune can mean only one thing. You are now tuning in to Radio Fremantle Award Football Programme, brought to you every Saturday morning by our lovely sponsors the Futsal WA, the biggest and best futsal competition in Perth, Oswest Fence, and Wrought Iron for custom fencing, gates, and gate automation, and Gate Fence Hardware WA. Before we start, many thanks to Heather, what a Show, Pete. Highlight there, Pete Skeeter is joining me, the world's greatest wingman. Good morning, Pete. How are you today? Morning. Look, any morning
3: starts with House of Pain playing on the radio. I know, I'm trying I had to, to get out of my seat and jump around, you realise.
2: I know. I said to Heather, like, where can I find that one? Oh, Whiskey in a Jar by the Clancy Brothers. Oh, <laughs> you're you me there, Heather. <laughs> you can hear... This is um, not a music program here. <laughs> yes, it is. Hughie's in the chair. But you can hear Celtic rambles every Saturday morning at the same time. So if there's anything that you missed there, including that House of Pain track... Make sure you get onto the restream by going to radiofremantle.com.au. You can restream all those shows there at your leisure. Pete, big week in football? Yeah, reasonably big. When's it ever not a big week? (laughs) Reasonably big. We have some excellent guests lined up. We will very shortly talk to the wonderful Aaron Trevathan from the Football Tragics podcast. He's going to talk to us about the EPL and the newly kicked-off European season where Newcastle find themselves in a bit of doo-doo, which is great. (laughs) Bucket (laughs) load of money, still in the doo-doo. That's Newcastle United. After that, we will have Simon Hill with his contradictory comments about the uh, Matildas game being moved. We will have a chat to him. He is the uh, Paramount Plus um, and superstar uh, commentator. Second hour, we will go down... The EFL chat again. Uh, the Lost Lioness, Hayley Roach, will join us to talk all things Rather, I mean West Brom. I mean uh, <laughs> EFL. And we will finish with um, Molly Appleton, our favourite Tasmanian, all the way over there in Melbourne. Wait a minute, he said Tasmanian. She, <laughs> she has now relocated and is working with, uh, in Melbourne, but still working for the, um, the Advocate so, okay. Yeah, doing a bit like you there, Pete. Working from home. Oh, wait, no, she's not. She's working from, uh, <laughs> remotely. Uh, and if time permits, we will have a quick chat with our uh, co-host, Miranda Templeman, and congratulate her on the win that South Melbourne Football Club had by winning the championship. Yep. And the um, as we spoke off air, the news that uh, Lydia Williams will be joining her uh, contesting for that number one... Well, Lydia will take the number one shirt, but uh, for the starting berth at the Melbourne Victory in the upcoming A-League W season. Yeah, I was a bit
3: disappointed for Miranda then when I yeah. saw that uh, Lydia had signed. That's
2: all right. Go on, slam it. Heather <laughs> is now leaving the building. <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> she, Yeah, she nearly nicked my phone, which is really quite funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so where do you want to start with, Pete? You've got some... Um, some Playoff results for me? Well, say? I
3: was going to say, yeah, you, we, we can't um, gloss over the uh, the fact that if I could find the right page, ah! uh, the promotion playoffs <laughs> are, are coming to their climax today. Uh, so for the uh, for the spot in the NPL, we've got Fremantle City against Joondalup United. And for the spot in the first division, we've got Subiaco AFC against Curtin Uni. Uh, I believe those games are both being played at the State Football Centre sometime today. Sometime today. Probably a 1 o'clock and a 3 o'clock kickoff, for the guess. Maybe a 3 o'clock and a 5 o'clock. You'd think uh, I would have done my research
2: and found this out. Well, you know, I don't. Yeah. You know, I still have yet to find a dictionary that has that word in it, so I have no idea what that actually means. But I mean, when you call me wingman, I assume that's because I'm always winging it. Yeah, no. The, you, don't make me... I, <laughs> I can find it here. Yeah. I just found that sweeper. You, you've proclaimed yourself to be the world's greatest wingman, Mr Ski. Hang, hang on. No, I never did. Yeah, no, you came did, up he'd... with that title. Anyway, I'm just trying to... Get where we need to be. Uh, yeah, so stick with us. We have a big show. It doesn't sound like it at the moment, but believe me, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, are, we are easing our way into the next two hours of the World Football Programme. You have the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skeeler. You have not quite the uh, world's worst uh, radio announcer, Mr Hugh Best here. And we will be with you very, very shortly with Mr Aaron Trevathen who will talk to us all things Chelsea I would imagine and yeah like I said we will definitely get in touch with him about that uh, Newcastle saga 20 years outside of the uh, Champions League and they've forgotten all the rules including how to win oh who said that turn it up (laughs) stick with us
4: you're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9
5: Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Royal Time. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
2: Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Verón. Hi,
3: I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out a my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-Leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening into the World Football program on Radio Fremantle and we appreciate you tuning in.
4: Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on nine two five eight six eight double two, or shop online at au. Station sponsor.
6: Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au.
2: And welcome back to the World Football... <laughs> I thought that... Yeah, it's meant to be the um, Radio Fremantle uh, sweeper there and I forgot to put that in. Welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. It has just gone 10 minutes past 10. And joining us on air right now is Aaron Trevatham from the Football Tragics. Good morning, Aaron. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. I should say good afternoon. Yeah, sorry, mate. Oh, th- we, we, we are in wait a while. I keep forgetting that uh, you are on the other side where uh, you know, the fun never stops. Mate, EPL has uh, kicked off. How have you found that? How's your your beloved Blues going, mate? We um, we, we were thinking about you. They, they all kicked off uh, as best as they could. Yeah,
1: well, look, it felt like a short break in between with the Women's World Cup going on, so we mm. didn't really have time to focus on the Premier League right. But, yeah, you're right, it's back now. And, unfortunately, Chelsea kind of started the season the same way they finished the <laughs> World Cup, <laughs> Which is so it was pretty optimistic about this season. But, look, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like we've had... A ton of injuries. I think I was looking at the Indeed. other day, we've got pretty much a starting eleven of of injuries and look, not all of those are obviously first team players, but I'd say a good five or six are definitely in and around the squad. So it's not the ideal way to start a season. Um Pochettino's coming come in, he's obviously not had too long to work with the squad no. and then so you know, you're not to not be able to work with every one of your players, especially players, you know, the likes of a Kunku who a big name signing on mm. get Kai Sato, obviously, um, Reece James has never not injured at things. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, what a signing uh, he turned out to be! <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's disappointing. But look, I, personally, like without trying to be too biased, I'm seeing a lot of signs of potential. I'm seeing that we're we are creating a lot of chances, um, dominating games. But just the that killer final final touch, you know, the, the finish is lacking, unfortunately. Um, Nicholas Jackson, I think, has been a r- great signing, and I think he is. You know, I don't want to compare him to Drogba because we all know what Drogba did, but yeah. if you look back at Drogba's first season in the Premier League, obviously, what, 20 some years ago, yeah. um, he he took a while to get going as well. Um, he was never this 30-goal a season striker, but he was so dominant up top. Um, and that's what I'm seeing from Nicholas Jackson. I'm seeing signs of that, but just the finish is lacking. So, hopefully when he comes good, he does come good. Um, but, yeah, as a whole... it's it's been a rough start to the season, um, but I fancy it's eventually get going. It's
2: just a matter of when, not, not if, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if we think back last year with um, Man United, bottom of the table, going, oh, yeah, we've got to sack everybody, uh, they end up having a decent It's only a, a small sample size, five games, but, it, mm. yeah, again, you're in good company with United down there with you, uh, uh, you know, 13th and 14th place for Chelsea at the moment, but... Um, Oh, do we have to? Do we have to talk about them? City just going absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, they might as well just call it the uh, the Manchester City League. You know, yeah. It's just ridiculous <laughs> how they just absolutely smash everybody again and again, season after season. Do we want to talk about them, Aaron, or do we just go? It's Man City. Let's move on.
1: Look, it usually it usually takes City a few a few weeks to get going. Yeah, not they, this season. <laughs> as well as, uh, not saying they usually lose, but they obviously. They haven't quite. They usually get out of second, third gear until <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe 10 weeks or so. They usually got a few draws in there, but I mean, they've started as hot as ever this season. Five from five. Um, oh. It's just it's ridiculous. I didn't I didn't think I knew Holland would would kill it again, but I didn't think he'd do it in such a way. And mm. I mean, it looks as though he's going to break his own record, which is just ridiculous. Um, but the thing about that city team is look. You look at the players they were happy to let go. You know, Cancelo obviously on loan and some of these players. Yep. And it just seems like Pep never misses a beat when it comes to signings. His signings seem to fit in perfectly. I mean, Jeremy Doku, for example, looked as hot as ever in just one or two games. So it's scary to see how far they can go. I mean, it's pretty much wrapped up at this point five games. They don't look like they're getting better. Yeah. And it's just a matter of do they go
2: and win the quadruple this year. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, yeah. Um... I know a fair few Man City fans and they are still drunk with happiness about the, uh, the Champions League. I'm going, well, eventually, you know, you, you, you're going to get that. But, uh, yeah, they're now going, we're going to go for the World Club Championship. settle down, come on now, <laughs> you know, turn it off. You know, be happy with what you've got, which is, you know, a bucket load of money and the world's your oyster. But, uh, you know, Harlan, seven goals in five games, uh, just, oh, my goodness. And and to think that uh, he could have gone anywhere. Like Chelsea yeah. were Chelsea yeah. were trying to get yeah, that. Um, yeah, when uh, Lampard Junior was going, I tried to sign him at Chelsea. No, he didn't try hard enough, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's playing for City, mate. Wow, what a what a player. Where else do you want to go with uh, with that Premier League, mate? Uh, Luton doing it tough. Back in the, uh, yeah. in, the in, in the big time for the first time in in forever, and they are finding that division to be oh, heartbreaking. Mm.
1: Yeah, like you said, like it's a small sample size. They've only played four games compared to the five, but I mean, they've scored two goals. Yeah. They've and it doesn't—it's not good. I don't want to say they're going to go and break that Derby County record of eight, eight points. Oh four yeah, what but a season! What a season that was. That's very low, but look, they don't, they don't look that—they don't look up for it. Um, they've, I don't think they've signed enough. No. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a rough season for them. I'd like to see them do well, but. I do think they got to go straight back down, and it's just... I think they maybe came up a bit too soon. You've seen their, their incredible rise, and it's,
7: mm. it's a fairytale
1: story. I mean, they were in League 2, what, a decade ago? Oh, sorry, um, non-league, a decade That's ago. That's right, ago. yeah, yeah. They, get, they
2: got kicked out, yeah.
1: And, as impressive as it is, like I feel like you need a bit of stability, and sometimes those fairytale runs, they come to a, a pretty big halt when they, when they rise too quickly and don't spend enough money and don't stabilise the squad enough. So you've mm. still got players in there and again, very tale of story. You've still got a player in there who who came from the lo- who has been with them since non-league. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, look, it's a, it's a great run. You love to see him in there, that's for sure. The stadium's a funny story as well. But yeah, I, I can't see them extending the stay longer than this season.
2: Yeah, they're true enough there, and. As I said to Pete off-air, my favourites to go down again. Everton are doing <laughs> me all the favours in the world by stinking up the place with, with a bit of luck. This is the year. This is the year I get it right. Everton, back where they belong in the lower divisions. <laughs> How bad are they, yeah. mate? they definitely seems like that. They, every year, I mean, they've what,
1: scraped by? It's yeah. right now yeah. and it, it seems like they've overstayed their welcome. They haven't made enough changes. Um, they haven't improved. Um, some of the starting I do like, but as a whole, the squad just isn't playing more yeah. that deserves to stay. So, um, yeah, it, it, this could be the year, but who knows? Again, like it's so early in the season, no. it does. No, Two, <laughs> <laughs> Two results, and all of a sudden in mid-table. So, you don't, you don't know, but it, it does look as though if it continues the way It is, and last season, the season before, they misses the time for them to go
2: down. Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, as you said, uh, Luton Town uh, doing it tough, having only scored two goals. Uh, Everton, guess what, mate? Yeah. Yeah, you've only scored two goals (laughs) as well. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and they've played the game uh, extra as well, so they've played the five games and still have only got two goals. Um, Yeah, fingers crossed. I really do hope that... West Brom take their spot in the Premier League next year. Uh, that's <laughs> not likely to happen. We'll get on to that EFL chat uh, later on with Hayley Roach. Um, Tottenham. Tottenham. There. Yeah. Go on then, Pete. No, yeah, I just... Well, it was almost like a sneeze there, mate. That's that, like... that was
3: my contribution. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's focus on the one that's got the Aussie representation. <laughs> there's,
2: there's the contribution of the world's greatest wingman. One word. Tottenham. Go. Just guiding. <laughs> yeah, off you go. <laughs> Ozzy Ange is doing it as we knew he would. Yep. I, I was always a bit uh, mindful, particularly with the um, the managerial structure that they have at Tottenham, which is basically, you know, buy one, sell one, uh, throw one out to, sort of thing. Mm. You know, like you said, shoot's now at, at Chelsea. He didn't do anything too wrong at, at Tottenham, but ended up seeing the door. How do you see the new reign of Ozzy Ange at Tottenham, Aaron? I mean, it, it's
1: kind of. A- I mean, mm-hmm. take away that Carabao Cup yeah. thing. Yeah. is a tough tool to swallow because Tottenham are desperate for a trophy, and I think that would have been a good, good chance to get one. But, mm. I mean, the way he come in, he's behind him as he always does at every single club he's been to. Um, I think that's what's so important about him is the fact that managers come in, they want results straight away, and he is getting that. But mm. He just wants to impress the fans more than anything else. Yeah. And that's what... I mean, at the end of the day, when you've got fans bringing into the manager, yeah. that's what gets manager's sacked. So the fact that he's really taken that, bring them in and make them feel like... I mean, make them feel like they, they are part of the team, that's what's going to help in the long run. If they do go through these tough times, which they haven't seen yet, if they do, he's still going to have the fans on his side, which is the perfect way to, to handle those times. But, I mean, on the field, it's been, it's been brilliant. Losing Harry Kane always getting yeah, tough. Yeah. It's going to happen at some point. Um, they got some good money for him. And yeah. they're build, building a good squad now. They're starting a couple of good players. Um, and, yeah, it would be interesting to see how far they go. His biggest test so far is coming up what is tomorrow night um, with the North London derby. Yep. So that'll be,
7: that'll
1: be a big one, obviously. We don't know how that is going to fare in that because Arsenal look just as good. But, yeah, he's, he's been phenomenal there. Um, and... It sucks because I'm a Chelsea fan, right, but I, I can't hate Ange. No. So I guess <laughs> pretty much anybody, I haven't seen someone talk negative about Ange. Every rival fan says, look, we hate Tottenham, but we can't hate <laughs> Ange. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. I hope he does well. Um, and he, he deserves it, really, because they they say, you know, these big clubs need these big managers. Well, there's nobody bigger than Ange when you look at what he's accomplished, really. Yeah, like I know. He's, he's done brilliant, so kudos to him. Hopefully they do have a good season. I
2: think they will. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's brilliant to see, obviously, as well as he would love to see it. Yeah, no, he's fitted in well there. Um, you know, the Tottenham fans, as was the case with the Celtic fans, did the old, yeah, well, at least well, Tottenham fans were a little bit more knowledgeable. At least they knew who he was. But uh, he's had their best start since the Bill Nicholson era when they mm-hmm. did the double. So Tottenham fans, you know, just just chill just chill, you know. It, it is Aussie Ange, but, you know, settle down a bit, you know. You haven't won anything for, like, forever. So if Aussie Ange gets you uh, a little bit of silverware, you know, just dust off that uh, that trophy cabinet. See if you can find the key to the lock, you know. Because <laughs> they haven't had uh, too much cause to open up that uh, that cabinet for a while, but he is doing well. Um <clears throat> And as you say, Arsenal are fourth at the moment on the same points as uh, Liverpool and Tottenham. Um, I know you don't like to talk about them, but <laughs> Arteta—I mean, he having <clears throat> that uh, that difficult start—he has fitted in there like a like a glove.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And you look at you look at it in terms of a, a project at a club, and we on the table after three games for two seasons ago. Um, and then you just look at when you when you trust a manager and you trust their process, um, you can read the rewards of it. Yeah, they obviously yeah. went, went, went as close as ever last season. I don't think they were ever really going to do it. I mean, Arsenal fans probably would have been the only ones telling you, "Yes, we can." But <laughs> uh, I, I still think this season obviously going to be as tough as last. If not it's not harder, but yeah, when you look at a team trusting a manager and really getting behind them. He, he's turning around and it's impressive because that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted Lampard to be at Chelsea a few seasons ago. Um, it's what we thought, you know, polygon of Fulham would be at United a few seasons mm, ago yeah. as well. So, look, he, he's turning around. and That's what gives me hope about a, a project like Chelsea. Obviously, we're going to have to rebuild now. It's not. It's not going to be smooth sailing, um, and it's the same with yeah, it's the Tottenham. The, you know, the Arsenal's Obviously, the Chelsea. The United. Maybe different scenario there. Um, but yeah, it's good to see because I've got a few mates who are Arsenal fans. So I wanted to do well. I've got a soft spot for them. I've never really hated them. But <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't want them to win the, win the league, but I, I like a few of their players. And again, it shows that they've made some really good signings, some important signings. Um, and yeah, in Champions League now, obviously yeah. kicking that off with a big win. Um, I suppose it's just what, it just reminds you of the older days, right? When Arsenal were a top four side. Mm.
2: Do you remember that, Arsenal fans? (laughs) No, that's a good segue, mate. So Arsenal in Group B of the Champions League absolutely gave uh, PSV Eindhoven a new one, 4-0 at home. Mm. Um, I mean, I was going to say, you'd you'd probably expect Arsenal to get a result in that particular fixture, you know, opening game, Champions League, home start-up, but 4-0 against Eindhoven. (laughs) That came out of the box. Yeah, they definitely came out firing,
1: and I think they... They wanted to show that, especially being at the Emirates. They knew that they wanted to kick off with a big mm. win, um, really give the fans something to cheer about and be optimistic about the season. I think, look, PSV, what they they won their... I think they won the Air Division. Air Air the
2: football, yep, that's football.
1: right. So they're always going to be a tough team, but in terms of who should be winning that game. Arsenal should be winning that game, 9 out of 10. Um, and yeah, but it's good to see them kick off with a big win because
2: it was at the Emirates. They needed to show you that they're serious about this competition. It's the first time they've been there in, <laughs> what, 16? Yeah, it's so, been
1: a while. <laughs> yeah, it's a good win for them. Um, they do have an easier group, so they should be fine and get out of that. But it's, 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 how far can they go? It's not about getting out of the group, I think. have yeah. first time in a few years in there, but it's not. It should be more than getting out of the group. They've
2: got, I, to, look at, they've got to look at that. Yeah, I thought, I, got bit, I thought that was a, you know, like it, it's a valid point you make there, and obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't... Think it was easy. You know, mm. you've got uh, Eindhoven, obviously, uh, Sevilla, who traditionally when like whenever they're in Europe, they, they're coming mm. home with a trophy. Yep. And, you, and you've got uh, Lons in there as well, you know, my favourite league <coughs> side. <laughs> um, you know, I. Th- I thought that was a fairly open group, but that 4 0 has really set the cat amongst the pigeons. In Group A, I, <clears throat> that seven goal thriller with yeah. uh, with Bayern Munich and uh, the uh, the red team from Manchester, which we <laughs> appara- apparently not our mentioned on, t- on this uh, particular show. 4 um, 3 with Harry Kane doing his, uh, oh, it's a different shirt, but this is still the same result. I, I think if you, if you woke, woke up and saw the result, you'd think it
1: was a blockbuster. But in reality, Bayern yeah. gave them off the park. Yeah, yeah. Two laps, straight the back. Um, so yeah, good-looking score for United. Flatters them a little bit, but in reality, it was fine, start to finish. Um, and
2: again, it just shows the United aren't quite compete just yet. Yep. And uh, the Newcastle saga uh, back in the Champions League for a, for a while. And um, yeah. Missed the, uh, missed the, boat. Uh, well, the plane. They claimed it was weather details, but UEFA have gone. Yeah, I don't care what uh, excuse you got, mate. Open up your wallet, give us some money. You need to be here on time. Uh, how funny was that, mate? I don't, I don't
1: really understand that. Why is UEFA carrying a club What's up to? Uh, <laughs> like, if they the bus and they, if
7: they went to the, got, got to the game
1: from the airport now hour before kickoff. What's well, that? Their own issue, right? Like, I don't really understand yeah. the. the Getting involved there, but maybe I don't know what they have.
7: Maybe have media responsibilities. As well. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that yeah. was it. Yeah, and yeah, it was the media. Yeah, it was yeah. media.
1: Maybe. Yeah, it seems like they did stay back in Newcastle. Looking back at the way they performed, they got absolutely fooled, um And they'll be happy as ever to come away with the point there, first game in <laughs> 20, 20 odd years um, in the Champions League. And yeah, going to the ten series are always going to be tough I guess even against an single other team who I mean aren't like they were 20 years ago, but. Yeah, to get a point there, take it back to Newcastle, build on that. Um, they can hopefully yeah, hopefully get out of the group
2: with the other couple of good results coming up. Yeah, and uh, a couple of other results we, we probably can, can have a chat about. I mean, <clears throat> we already spoke about Man City d- day one, but, uh, you know, the tough uh, group there. Well, not really, I suppose, you know, the uh, the young boys of uh, Switzerland, RB Leipzig, with their yep. uh, Red Bull money and uh, Red Star Belgrade. I'm, I'm Particularly keen to see that away trip, uh, Man City going to Belgrade. To Belgrade, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to get an absolute, yeah, they'll they'll know the the, uh, the sh- group <laughs> makers by the time they get back on that plane. Because uh, yep. Belgrade don't lose too many um, at home, whatever the competition is. So I can see that they're going to go hello, you know, Mister Harlan, nice mm. to see you. Here's my boot, bang. <laughs> how do you uh, how do you see that group? Obviously, City to 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 top that one.
1: Yeah, comfortably. They, they're they're oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think this, this is their best chance to go back to back as well. And it's crazy because they've only just won one down, but yeah, it's definitely up there for it to go back to back. They're definitely the strongest team in Europe. Um, and yeah, you wouldn't be surprised if they go up with the whole thing again. Like you said, that, that, that away game at Red Star will be tough. The fans are obviously coming up that one. Yeah. I mean, we've seen like, how many fans and stuff can be. But <laughs> on, 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 the pitch, on the pitch, City will be obviously. Way too
2: strong for them. And uh, we saw, you know, the Celtic fans give Aussie Ange a bit of a hard time with their poor European uh, campaign last year and they've started off in exactly the same way. getting a 2-0, um, well, I wouldn't say thumping, but, you know, watching that game, Celtic were well out of that league against Feyenoord um, and with Lazio and Atletico Madrid in that, that group, I can see Celtic not doing too much more in Europe after this group stage
1: mm. yeah well that game didn't start well right like they were down to 10 minutes
2: yeah.
1: 20, 20 or so minutes uh, and then they obviously went and got another one later on yeah. but <laughs> uh, it, it sucks to see for Celtic because they obviously cruise in their league obviously never and Ray just battle out here and there but they
7: just never really do anything in, in Europe no, Yeah,
1: uh, and I don't know if that shows the level of Scottish football or, or why I'm not you know I don't know but I want to see them get out of the group at some point. Um, but, yeah, this, this, is not a t- this is not an easy group,
2: I should say. It is, a, it is one of the tougher ones, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that star on their shirt weighs very heavily. You yeah. know, they, they, right. they went down that track of going, no, no, we'll put the star on every time we win the best club competition in Europe. And, unfortunately, it's only the one on there. <laughs> and, yeah, it weighs very heavily on there. Now, FC Union Berlin. What a game. They they had Real Madrid on the back foot for most of that game, and unfortunately, just just missed out on the uh, on, on a, a fairy tale result. You know, you, you go to the Bernabeu and you make a side like Real Madrid look ordinary. You go, how did we not get a, mm. at least a point from that? Did you enjoy that one, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. They they did deserve a point from that, and yeah. that would have been a start to their fairy tale. You know? Yeah, that great year last year. I,
1: I enjoyed actually watching the business Bundesliga last year. Um, yeah a few good players. Obviously, you've got Kia Levy, um, Tobinucci there. So, right. um, even, you know, there's a Chelsea boy there. Uh, um, one of our players is on loan there currently for So, I'll, I'll be following them closely because I do like the story they've got there. They've got a couple of gorgeous-looking jerseys as well. That is like
7: <laughs> <the place.
1: laughs> um, So, that, that alone, I wanted to see them get a result. Um, but, yeah, look,
7: at the Bernabeu would have been a nice result. But Real Madrid, in the chamber they just find a way don't they I mean Bellingham Bellingham
1: going to Madrid was just a match made in heaven he started as good as ever Mm. um, and they didn't even need to find a striker when Benzema left because they've got Bellingham
2: apparently (laughs) 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 it's Yeah, that's uh, a, a fair rise for that boy. Like, we'll, we'll get rid of Benzema, one of the best strikers in the world, and you can take his spot. It's like, really? He just <laughs> slotted in there, go, no worries, mate, I've got there. Now, we'll go to the uh, Europa fixtures because um, Sean would give me a kick if I don't mention West Ham United. Yep. And their great result against, and I hope I get this one pronounced correctly, Baka Tapula. Where the hell are Baka Tapula from, mate? I've never heard of them. Oh I mean, I'm with you on that. I can't Jeez. Say that. But,
1: um yeah, I mean, good way to good way to start, right? Very <laughs> def- very last year within the conference league, beautiful to see. Um and it's just a matter of how can they fare in, in the Europa League I think it's a very achievable group to get out of, Prime Berkeley as well. Can definitely get out of that group. Um but again, it's the Europa League different class when you've got the Champions League team coming down. Um, yeah, Um yeah. So, I mean, good to see. Uh, they look they look good this year. Ward for us is a phenomenal signing, plotted it perfectly. Um and who knows, they could they could go far if they want to. So we'll see how we'll see how they prioritise it because at the end of the day, Europe uh Europa League is important. Commerce League obviously last year was important but mm. they they do need to fix their ways to the um, to the Premier League again because they last season they were they went
7: <clears> up the scratch.
2: Yeah that's true enough and their group Olympiakos of Freiburg Olympiakos uh, took a 2-3 home loss against Freiburg and like I said you've got back a I'm, g- I'm going to have to work out what that uh, that R word my uh, research word means because I've never heard
3: of back we them go. TSC, Football Club TSC there, they're a yeah, Serbian yeah. club boy. yeah See that
1: was
3: fun I think the the C's got a little hat on it too, so I think that's pronounced with a bit of a chit sound.
2: Yeah, there you go. So sorry to all my uh, <laughs> European friends. Who, you know I've got my Australian accent on there, and I don't know what that thing on the top there is like. Yeah, just backer. Oh my goodness! Uh, Brighton, Hothalbien, uh two three against AEK Athens. That was um, a tough one for them to take. It's been mm. I can't remember the last time Brighton actually played in Europe. No, well, I think that first time they played in Europe. Mm. in fact. Is that is that right? Wow. I believe so. I could be. I could be mistaken even, there, but That's why we. That's, what, that's why we pay you the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, that's a tough. That's a tough one to swallow. First
2: game at home as well. Yeah. Um, and they had every chance to win it. I think at the eighty. Yeah. In, my, in, in my memory, I think it it's eighty-four, eighty-fifth. Yeah, Pedro went for glory.
1: Went for the hat trick in of <laughs> square. Um, yeah. And then they go. Not long after. Um, yeah, tough one. They they look good. Do I think they can get out of that group? Maybe not so much. I mean, it's only
7: been
1: one result. You've still got five to go, but yeah, yeah. game they kind of had to win the title because we know Ajax, phenomenal team yep. on their day. How many times they won the Champions League as
7: well,
1: well last that's day? Right. A good, yeah, a good team. So they'll need to get a point. They'll need to pick up three points from the next two. I would say, and yep. then they go and hopefully go to Athens um, in the reverse fixture and get a win there and kind of see them on their way. But it's a tough group it'd be nice to see them get out but I don't think that's where their focus is I think it's no. nice that they're in, but they're obviously making good headways in the Premier League mm-hmm. so I think that's where their focus is trying to establish themselves as a top top six top
2: eight team rather than go one fairytale run then back down to sixteenth next season yep. Yep. and before we let you go um, the other red team in the EPL uh, Liverpool went to LASK and uh, did it quite easily there in group E of the Europa League and they're in the same group as Union St. Gilles and Toulouse See, I can pronounce European names once in a while. Toulouse, yes, toulouse, no to lo- lo- toulouse, Toulouse, Toulouse. That's no, right. they didn't. They got a 1-1 one, uh, draw with uh, saint gallese So, well, I think that's obviously the easiest group as you can get it. Yeah, um, yeah. saint yeah. last season, the Golden Premier League was nice.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. But they're not. Do I think Saint-Georges
2: had the squad?
7: I'm not going to say no. they playing, but I don't think <laughs> they probably
1: had the squad to, to go far. At Liverpool. I mean, it was tricky for them. They went down, but they came They came back uh, in the second half. And again, mm-hmm. do they look at this and think we can win the Europa League? Yes, they should be targeting the Europa League. Uh, hopefully, get a top, they'll get top four, I think, in the Premier League if they keep going about it. Um, and yeah, I think uh, a Europa League win here would be good um, because they, they do need trophies again. Um, yeah. Albeit they've had a couple of FA Cups and um, But yeah, uh Europa League here would be nice
2: for them and, again, guarantees them to next year with or without top four. Yep. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, you, know, you don't like to say that's probably their focus, but that's probably their focus. <laughs> 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 yeah, to keep that uh, European money coming in is paramount to that uh, that club. Um, you see Kloppy staying on for too much longer at that club? Yeah.
1: Um, I thought I thought he was kind of near in the end, but it looks like he's, he's more than happy there, and I think he will be there for a couple more seasons. It'd be interesting to see who takes over. I think it was all heading towards Stephen Gerard until he <laughs> played it. I think now it's looking towards a Jabby Alonso or something like that. He's doing very well at Bayer Leverkusen, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, how many more years Flop does stay, um, and if it's... Ready for Xavi Alonso to come in, or or who? Because there's not too many managers who out there who would fit the bill. Um, so I think it would
2: just depend on Klopp, If you stay there in front of or if you stay there in front of three or four. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good call, Xavi Alonso. You know, the, the mm. Liverpool fans would probably be very happy to see him yeah, come in. But um, yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know my views on Cloppy. I've you know. Uh, a man who complains about a uh, pitch not being awarded for a dud result against West Brom. <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. You have a go. You know? <laughs> but anything else you'd like to um, have a chat with us about before we let you go, Aaron? Um,
1: look, I think we, we covered a fair bit of ground in Aston yeah. sure. I mean, what I've probably mentioned maybe is Aston Villa, obviously in Conference League for the first time, picking up a loss to start home. Um I don't want to say it's a the group they can get out of, but they could, they could definitely get out of. Um, but again, how, how far do they prioritise? The Conference League, you know, West Ham did it last year, but the more important task is obviously getting a, a good finish in the Premier League. Because yeah, West Ham winning got your own League the year before last, then they fell apart last year in the Premier League, so yeah. they're back to back to their ways now. But yeah, it's always nice. Like the, at the end of the day, it, it still counted as a major trophy, a major European trophy. So yeah, it's nice to <laughs> obviously Villa, what they got two Premier League, but, uh, sorry two. Uh, European titles
2: already, um, Well, one or two. I can't remember exactly, but they've never won the Champions League back in the day. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just the one, um, just the one, mate. Yeah,
1: Villa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, thinking of Forest.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: have it
2: tasted before before, um, but it's a different age now, obviously. So <laughs> not, no, to, uh, not to a Villa fan. They still, uh, you yeah, know, they'll, they'll vilify you. Yeah. Oh, Pete, <laughs> do me a favour. On. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not world's greatest wingman (laughs) at all, mate. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on that note, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. We love having a chat with you about all things uh, European football. You know that. We could talk all day about that one. But we've got Simon Hill lined up coming on very shortly. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us, Aaron, on the World Football Show. You enjoy the rest of your day, and we will have a chat to you later in the season. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me Good on you. Thank you very much. That was Aaron Trevathan, the the producer of the Football Tragics podcast. And uh, if you get the opportunity, make sure you uh, log into that and subscribe. He's uh, yeah, anything he doesn't know about, well, that backer Topla was the only thing he didn't know about. Yeah. And yeah. who can blame him? Somewhere in Serbia. Somewhere in Serbia. Hello to all our Serbian listeners, who oh, we've sure. driven away now, I think. Hello to all our backer Topla fans. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. It has just gone 20 minutes to... 11 o'clock here in the beautiful suburb of Perth known as Fremantle or actually it's a city, isn't it? The city of Fremantle Fremantle. Sorry, sorry, I got that one wrong Uh, We will have Simon Hill joining us after the break You stick with us, you've got Pete and Hugh presenting the World Football Program here on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Stick with us Plenty more to come
4: You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9
6: Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsal.com footsallwa.org.au
4: Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all Gate and Fence Hardware components wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor.
5: Oh, Cosquest oh, Fencing and Raw Time is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Rotiron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
8: The
1: The top station on your radio dial, Radio
7: Fremantle 107.9 FM.
2: program unless I get a West Brom reference in there, and that is the Harry J All-Stars doing the liquidator, which you will hear at the Hawthorns every time you go there. Joining us now on the air is the Paramount Plus and Network 10 match commentator and all-round superstar, Mr Simon Hill. Good morning, good afternoon, Simon. How are you today? Very good, thanks. I thought that tune was Chelsea. No, no. No, they nicked it from us. They nicked it from us. Yeah. No, no, they nicked it from us. We've we've been playing that at the Hawthorne since the 60s, and Chelsea went, oh, that's a good tune. Can we have that? No, you can't. That's ours. Right. I, I know oh, it from the go. TV okay. show Plebs. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's West Bromwich Albion. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, yeah, you will hear that at Stanford Bridge once in a while because they don't have any imagination. <laughs> sorry, Aaron. We had Aaron Trevathan on earlier. He's a big Chelsea fan. So, sorry, Aaron, if you're still listening. They they do have imagination. They just keep nicking stuff from us. He's not listening anymore he, now. No, not not now. Simon, so very nice of you to join us. Um, how have you been, mate? Oh, very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, well, um, with uh, we saw some of your comments earlier on. I think I'll, I'll go for the, the, the low-hanging fruit f- to start with. Your comments about the Matildas game being moved yeah. from HBF to Optus Stadium. Um, we're divided here in the studio. Pete's uh, of an agreement that it was a good decision. I'm of the agreement that you know the stadium that we first booked it at was suitable enough. Your views, please, Simon.
0: Well, look, I understand that there's a huge demand for tickets. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with the fact that uh, a lot of people want to see the Matildas, and that's a great thing. Uh, my concern is that longer term, it doesn't do the game any good. Um, mm-hmm. And I know the argument: oh well, if you get an extra forty thousand people, in of course that's good because you know they're they being involved in football. And, yep. and that argument is certainly true enough. The issue is we've been playing at big oval AFL, straight cricket stadiums for decades. Yes. And we we never we don't get our own facility. That's right. Uh, the money goes you know, to the government or to the other codes. And, you know, long-term, I just think it underlines the fact that, oh, well, really, there's no need for any football-specific facilities. If it's a big enough game, then we just move it to the AFL stadium. mm -hmm. Uh, Well, that's great for everybody else, but unfortunately for our sport, I don't think it does us any favours. And we all know that in this country, I'm not talking about WA, by the way, specifically, because HGF Park is a good facility, but I'm talking about, in general, around the country, the need in, in various places for good boutique rectangular stadiums, yeah. which provide the best possible not only facilities but atmosphere for our game. Um, now, the other point I want to make on this is that playing at an oval stadium is not, not just about the things I've already talked about, it's also about the atmosphere, Ooh, which is yep, lost yep. because the stands are too far away from the pitch. And the biggest issue, and we've seen this before of the stadium, by the way. Uh, is this is a a competitive game. It's an Olympic qualifier. Mm -hmm. Is the pitch going to be in good enough condition (laughs) to play our brand of football or is it going to be a cow paddock like we've seen on so many occasions? And if so, does that present an injury risk for our players and does it damage uh, their quality of play, which might even ultimately damage our chances of reaching the Olympics? So, you know, there's a few things to consider here. Um, And everybody, or a lot of people are just saying, oh, well, if 48,000 extra people want to go and see the game, then they should be allowed to. And I understand the argument. But for our game, long-term, we've got to start putting stakes in the ground and saying, enough. We're not just going to keep moving it to these big oval stadiums because they've got bigger capacity. We need our own venues."
2: No, I said that. um, With with the State Football Centre, you know, a um long-term... Complainer about that venue not being built for what we need. Um, you know, what's the capacity there, Pete? F- 1,500 people?
3: Something like that, yeah. I mean, it, uh,
2: you're building a brand new, you know, purpose-built stadium and maxing the capacity at 1,500 people. I was like, you're joking, mate. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I've been to more than a few games of our code at that stadium and you are 100% correct there, Simon, that the atmosphere, even you know as you, you've said when we sell it to you know high profile teams the atmosphere just isn't isn't the same you're yep. miles away from the pitch and yeah okay it's a big crowd but yeah I'm I, I, as I was saying to to Pete off air I feel sorry for the um the Iran game where it, that's going to be you know <laughs> you'll be able to hear what the sound of one hand clapping and with the amount of people that won't turn up for that particular game, because it still be the double headers, it's yep, not just yep. the one so, game, and
3: that's after the Matildas yeah. match. So, um, yeah, Simon, when I when like Hugh said, I'm in favour of the move. Again, it's not something I'm going to fight you over, and it's not a big issue either way. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see the logic in taking the Sunday game. Where everyone wants to bring their kids along, and all the you know all the girls that have watched the Matildas and boys obviously have watched the Matildas uh, get a chance to see them because I'd been over in Brisbane for the third place match. When I came back, jumped on the the website to buy my tickets for for the games in Perth, and they were already sold out. It was really um, a high demand uh, as, uh, product, so look, I don't have a problem with moving one of the games to the yeah, bigger venue. Look at-
0: you know, I, I understand that argument. Honestly, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, and if you've got loads of extra people at once uh, to go and watch the game, logic would suggest that you move it to a bigger stadium. Yeah. As I said, but, you know, my issue is that how do we build pressure as a sport mm. long-term to get our own facilities, yeah. if whenever there's, you know, big demand for tickets, we just go, oh, well, we're going to shift it to a big oval stadium. Uh, now, had they kept it, Let, let's just make this theoretical argument for a moment. Yep. Had they kept it at HPS Park, yep. yes, there would be a big outcry. People saying, well, I can't get tickets. I really want to be there. Well, isn't that good for our game? games? <laughs> uh, isn't that good to have demand? You know, th- this is simple economics, supply and demand. And we've got to start building some demand for our sports because the flip side is, is that in the A-League, week in, week out, We play in hugely oversized stadiums and there is no demand for tickets. So on the day, if it's too hot or it's too cold or it's too early or it's too late uh, or if the kids are playing up, people go, well, you know what, I'm not bothering. Uh, Or or I won't buy a ticket, I'll just rock up an hour beforehand because they always know there's going to be a seat for them. Mm, Now, we've got to get to the point where we start building demand for our sports and therefore we're going to get better facilities because people will be irritated by being locked out and quite so, you know quite rightly so at the moment we're not we're not uh, giving the sports uh, that opportunity to say look we're important enough to have our own facilities so that's my that's my argument but you know as a one-off if this was a friendly I'd say yeah okay fair enough but this is an Olympic qualifier yeah, that's right. yeah. you know this is an important game. And if that pitch is garbage, which it has been before, and impacts upon how the Matildas play or, the, or they get a couple of injuries, then there'll be an outcry afterwards. Yep. Well, let, let's see you know, if people are complaining about the stadium then.
2: <laughs> That's a valid point. And uh, as I said to Pete, yeah, if you're going to move one of the Matildas game, why not move them all? Oh, no, well, as you quite rightly pointed out, Simon, if the demand is there for a particular Matildas game, why is it not there for the other two? I, I quite games?
3: like the idea of moving the one because it gives everyone a chance to mm-hmm. get the taste, whereas you're still keeping the pluses from um, the other two games at the at okay. HBF Park. The, the other concern is, or the other question is, um, when you talk about pushing for improved um, facilities, which don't get me wrong, I'm not <laughs> naysaying saying that. Um, you know, HBF Park's uh, about twenty thousand capacity. 22, twenty two, they say. Twenty two. That's, that's our football. That's our football. I mean. I don't think as a West Australian there's any point getting anything bigger than that at, at present or even in the no, possible future I, I, think,
0: I, I think you misunderstand my argument and I already said this yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with HBF Park yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, WA is, is, is fine but we've got other areas of the country, in particular Queensland, yep, yep. where we have stadiums that are either massively too big, yep. some called stadiums, yep, yep. Uh, and we don't have a boutique football stadium in that part of the world that's capable of, of staging uh, senior games at club level and maybe even yep. small internationals as well. And until we start building pressure to get those venues, and we're not going to get them. And this is one way we could have you know, quite visibly started to feel some pressure. What about the legacy of the Women's World Cup? Yep. You know, we, we, we heard the word legacy for months and months and months yes, and months, months during the Women's World Cup. Well, is this the legacy, that the first chance we get for a big international, we're just going to shift it down the road to the AFL venue? Uh, to me, that's not a legacy. Sorry.
2: No, you... know, <laughs> yep, no, no, I'll buy that. Yeah, you've got no argument for me on that one as well. I've, um, I've regularly said that... Uh, you know, even if it's HBF Park, you know, up, upgrade the 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 capacity so that it is a, a venue that would highlight this particular uh, game. As you say, Simon, these, these are live qualifiers. Th- these aren't just oh we're bringing in a particular team from somewhere and it's a practice match. These are genuine. If we if we don't get the result, oh hang on, Pete, what? As a Glory member, it feels like
3: HBF Park has been under construction and upgraded <laughs> for more than 50% of the last 10 years. Uh, yeah, it's okay. constantly well, being redeveloped. Can I ask you a here.
0: question? Sorry to interrupt. Can I yeah, ask yeah. a question on HBF Park? Yes. Now, I know that it's been redeveloped, yep. HBF Park, to quite a significant degree over the last few years, but am I right in thinking that that construction or reconstruction, whatever you want to call it, yeah. has now actually stopped? Yes. And the reason for that is that Western Force are no longer there? Yep. Yep, yep. No. Yeah. that, that so there you go. So, so the fact that so the fact remains is that Perth Glory, who played at that venue for what 20, 25 years, and yet when Western Force move out, all of a sudden construction stops. Now you can imagine mm. if that was an AFL venue, that thing would have been finished. But because it's it's it's, a, it's a, now purely a football venue, our, our code of football, it's it's uh, you know construction has stopped. Well, and, the- and that tells you where we are in the pecking order.
3: The, the last set of construction, you know, the whole reason they they could they had to play at Macedonia Park last season was preparations for the Women's World yeah. Cup, which I was a Correct. bit unsure about because I'm not sure exactly what that involved and why that involved the teams not being able to train. I, I, my understanding was it was something with with the change rooms they were redeveloping. So yeah. how they yes. kicked the glory out for a full season, basically, I I still don't quite understand. Well,
0: that, that's another point as to why construction in this country takes. So long. I mean, yep. <laughs> it, I'll give you one one comparison. In the UK, Luton Town had just been promoted to the English Premier League, and they had a rickety old yep. uh, stand on one side of the pitch, which just housed corporate boxes, and they desperately needed bigger capacity. Now they have knocked up a, I think it's a five thousand seat stand in twelve weeks mm-hmm. for 10 and quid. Twelve weeks mm. to knock up an entire stand. It
2: takes us about five years to yeah, yeah. a stadium. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and HBF Park, I mean, it, roof on one side. Yep. And as you quite rightly pointed out, Simon, it, it, that's some of the reasoning why the fans and the atmosphere of that particular stadium isn't as it should be every match day because, you know, we're playing... On occasions here in Perth, in you know forty degree heat with no with no shade.
3: Well, the the roof is beautiful at keeping the sun off in the morning, but when you're playing in the <laughs> afternoon, you're sitting in that stand, you got the sun right in your eyes. Yeah. yeah well, yeah.
0: here's he, another issue for here's Go. another issue for you. So, and I made this comparison during the week. Sydney FC, yeah. okay, you play out of the newly refurbished Sydney Football Stadium, which is a beautiful stadium, mm-hmm. forty five thousand capacity, miles too big for Sydney FC, mm-hmm. and most of the other teams that play there, by the way, and all the other codes. Um, there is uh, no curtain for the top tier, which was promised. Sydney FC said that was a non-negotiable <laughs> when they <laughs> renegotiated their tenancy. They haven't got it, <laughs> so it's still too big. Now, every time they have to hire that venue, guess how much it costs them?
2: Astronomical, Theo.
0: Well over $100,000. Jeez! Yeah. Yeah. Just, to, just to lease it for one game. <sighs> now, I did the calculation during the week. Since the A-League started in 2005, Sydney FC have shelled out more than $17 million just to play at that venue. Yeah. And last Sunday, they hosted an Australia <sighs> Cup quarter final. Yep. They couldn't afford to host uh, to, to hire Allianz because the crowd wasn't going to be big enough. So they had to go down the road to play at the dilapidated Leichhardt Oval, which had a bone-dry pitch, oh. no cover for spectators on three quarters of it, and rugby league markings all over it. Wow. Yeah. And that's where we're at. Yeah. So this is why we need our own stadiums and this is why I make these arguments. And um, people are saying it oh you know you're, you're anti women's football or you you know <laughs> you, it's stupid to lock out 40,000 people. It's not about this specific game. Mm. It's about the longer term issue that we have as a code of football and it's not being resolved by moving big games to AFL-stroke cricket stadiums
2: doesn't help. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, with the... Sorry, Pete.
3: Oh, I was going to say, is that, a, is that the fault of the clubs? Do you feel like oh. they, they should be getting their own grounds and developing them, or is it more of I a I
0: I think they should have at least... it's nothing to do with the governing body. I mean, the governing body don't run the clubs. Yeah. Um, the clubs are private enterprises. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's high time, in my opinion, that they started to put in place plans to build their own stadiums. They've been around long enough, most of them, um, you know, a lot of these owners are very rich men, and they are largely men. Yep, yep. Um, the only club at the moment that has any sort of a plan to build a stadium is Western United. <laughs> uh, oh, we all long, know
2: that yeah, I yeah, how so. that's going. How, how long has that plan been going? oh dear well, years. Yeah, yeah. And again, with what, no end in sight. Yeah, you. you um, can't because we point can't out. get
0: money. Yeah. Because we can't get money. Yeah. And and again, you know, this this. this brings me back to, I know it's a circular argument, but (laughs) until we build pressure to say we have to have our own stadiums, then governments around the country will just keep saying, well, you don't need them, because whenever there's a big game, you just take it to the AFL stadium down the road. And that's what we've done. That's why I'm so irritated by
2: it. No, you're right. I mean, you look at the side, and I don't like mentioning them at all, but Brentford, um, you know, they're not a big club, but Mm. when they they had their plans to, to move forward in divisions, First thing they they put on the on the table was we need a new stadium, and it was done. Well, a
0: lot of a lot of clubs uh, in Europe, and some of it to do with the Taylor report that happened, you know, many years ago yes. for safety. But a lot of these clubs have have either rebuilt their stadiums or moved into new ones. Now you're not telling me that. You know, I know Tottenham and Arsenal are much bigger clubs than we've got here and they've got a lot more money, but you're not telling me that the, the price of land in London is any cheaper <laughs> or, or any more expensive than it is in, in New South Wales or, or Victoria yep. or anywhere else in Australia. So, you know, it can be done, but you've got to have a vision and a plan to be able to do it. And my point is that if Sydney FC has spent seventeen million just to rent stadiums, imagine you know, that seventeen million that could have gone towards the construction of their own football yep. stadium yep. in partnership with others,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then what you only have to build it once. Once <laughs> it's built, it's yours and it's there in perpetuity.
2: Yeah, and and would be, again, Pete and I have uh, a bit of conflicting views. Then you could have uh, that uh, the FA Cup uh, venue that has been mooted, uh, like they do at Wembley, like you've you've got a purpose-built stadium that is designed for the game. You can play the the, the major game uh, of of the season there. Wow. Well, let, let let me just tell you another one more thing. Go.
0: We've got the Australia Cup semi-finals yes this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne City, Sydney FC tomorrow, and yeah. Melbourne Knights against Brisbane Roar. If the two Melbourne clubs win through, there's an issue. Yes. because Amy Park is unavailable because there's monster trucks on it. So, <laughs> oh, wow. You know, where, where, do we, where do we go play if it's two Melbourne clubs? Do we do we take it to marble, which has a 56,000 capacity, way too big, yeah. Aussie rules markings all over it? Where, where do we go? It, it, it's, it's ludicrous. And at some point, we've got to put a stake in the ground and say, enough. You know, we've got to have our own stadiums, by hook or by crook, because otherwise
2: we're going to keep running into these problems week in, week out, as we do. Yeah, no, you, again, but that's why we love having you on, Simon. You, you talk sense, and uh, we've we, we just got no I way rant. into it. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> Now, see, conversation can be rants, particularly on this show. We, we love a good rant, and, and that's it. Now, with the, um, the FA Cup... I have um, often said, why is it a pre-season cup? Uh, what's your views on the FA Cup for, uh, for its current the Australia, cup, Australia um, cup?
0: Well, look, uh, the reason why, yeah. and, and this, again, speaks volumes to a, to a longer-term structural issue with the sport in this country, the reason why it's a pre-season cup is that if you ran it at the start of the A-League season or during the A-League season, yep. then all those NPL clubs are mm-hmm. out of season because yep. they play in the winter. Uh, The A-League plays in the summer, so you can't ask, for example, the the Melbourne Knights, um, if they were to get through to the semi-final, which, you know, if it ran through the A-League campaign, it would probably be somewhere around, I don't know, November, December. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they would have been out of season for the best part of three or four months by then. So the players are not going to be in condition. Uh, They've all got jobs. So they have to play it at a time of year where the NPL clubs are in-season stroke. Just out of season, yeah. and that the a list clubs are moving into their season. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's not ideal. Uh, you know, ideally, we would play it like the rest of the cup competitions around the world. Um, you know, in the winter. Or, but we haven't. We have a professional comp that plays in the summer.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. So it, it's it's hard to square the circle. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that's. A, I'm gonna. I'm writing that one down. That that's a good one. Square the circle. That's that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, Simon, we could talk about this for... Oh, we have done. I was going to say for years, but we, 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 have, we, we have done. I mean, like you said, that that Western United, uh, like, that was their non-negotiable. We will have a stadium. Yeah, well, we will have it built, yeah. Oh, yep. my goodness. Yeah. You talk sense every time... Every time we have you on, and we certainly do appreciate your time on the World Football Program today, Simon. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? Uh, oh, one final thing. You've, you've locked in the dates for the... Uh, The Sabudio Grand Prix, it's uh, the 3rd and 4th of February. We'll see you there. The what, three? The Sabudio Grand Prix? Yeah. uh, Oh, tell me you you haven't given up the flicking. Come on, mate. Well, I
0: I didn't say I'd given it up, but uh, I wasn't aware of that date. (laughs) Certainly not that I'd committed
2: to it. Uh, (laughs) All right. Nice try, Hugh. Yeah, OK. Who told you that? I'll, no, 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 I'll, I thought I'd just slip that one in there. If I'm available, I'd love to play. Unavailable. If, if it's a <laughs> weekend, I'll be doing
0: an a I know you would be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, good on you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for taking our call. Um, we will have a chat with you later in the season, if that's OK with you.
0: Pleasure, guys. No Th- problem. Have a good weekend. You bet. Thanks, Thank Simon. Thank you very
2: much. That was... Well, me pressing the wrong buttons in the yep. wrong order. Sorry about that, listeners. Um, that was Simon Hill, the expert commentator. Uh, and
3: as Simon alluded to, uh, the semi finals of the Australia Cup are on tomorrow. I believe you can catch them on Channel 10. And- yeah, we got to work on our segues. Um I, you're waving
2: your hands in the air. And I'm going I've pressed the wrong buttons
3: and now nah, you're all good. Keep going. So, oh, so I was going to say uh, Melbourne City against uh Sydney FC. Yep. Uh, Melbourne City's at home and interestingly the last time Sydney beat Melbourne City in Melbourne City, uh we'd never heard of COVID. So, not since 2018 have Sydney had an away win over Melbourne City. Crikey. And as we also know, the other semi-final, Melbourne Knights Boo against uh, Brisbane Raw. Love so. Melbourne Knights. I actually went to. Yeah,
2: <sighs> when, when, have you when, never when to one been, of they been in the shed? Yeah, 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 yeah. no, the, uh, yeah, no, they they bought me beers. It was quite yeah, funny. Yeah? Okay, yeah, we saw uh, we went over there for a uh, a Socceroos game. Yep, and we saw Melbourne Knights versus uh, the VIS. Yep, and uh, Huey doing his usual. Huey uh, was carrying on a bit, and um, they dared me to go into the shed. Because they didn't think I was coming back out again. Yeah, they're buying me beers. <laughs> lovely bloke, lovely bloke was buying me beers. It was fantastic. And then he invites so them on the other side of the the, the ground, was where the the ultras. Yep, he, he's dragged me over there, and they're going, oh, we'll never see Huey again. I'll come out of there, <laughs> R- rip roaring. It was great fun there, yeah. Melbourne, Melbourne nice. So who's your tips on those particular games there, Pete?
3: Ah, uh, Melbourne City and Brisbane Roar. I think that'll be the final. So Melbourne City to beat Sydney and Brisbane Roar should be able to beat Melbourne Knights. OK. There you go. All right. You're looking at me blankly. You asked my tips. I gave them to you.
2: Yeah, OK. Oh, yeah, OK. Fair enough. There, there you go. Write them down. Pete Skeller is uh, never wrong. <laughs> Always wrong. Always wrong. So we'll see. So it'll be Sydney versus Melbourne Knights <laughs> in the final now. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for joining us. You are listening to 107.9 Radio Free Manus, the World Football Program. It is just gone. Five minutes past 11. And we will have the lost Lioness, Hayley Roach, to talk more football, in particular the Not The Top 20. We had Aaron Trevathan talk to us about the Top 20, but we're going to go about the Not The Top 20, the EFL chat with the... World's biggest Rotherham fan. You stick with us. You've got Pete and Hugh in the chair. Plenty more to come.
4: You're listening to Radio Fremantle
2: 107.9. Hey, hey,
6: it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au.
4: Gate and Fence Hardware WA your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation, and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor.
5: Oswest Fencing and Tine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Time. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
2: The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle, one hundred seven point nine FM. Well, yes, it is. That's what you're listening to. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle's world football program. I have the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skeeler, in the studio with me, and we have the world's greatest Rotherham fan, Haley Roach, joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, Haley. How are you today?
9: Hello, Hugh. I'm good.
2: Thank you. Uh, do we do we start there? You know, <laughs> Jim Webb was at that Rotherham. Millwall game yeah, and, 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 and claimed yeah, that uh, you didn't bring a crowd. What's going on there? uh you know what? Millwall, Millwall's a tough gig midweek, <laughs> 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 like that's a,
9: that's a tough one. And then it's an even longer journey back, of course. Uh, you mm. know, so um, but yeah, yeah, three 0 three nil. I I'm, don't, don't please put me on the show next time, either. <laughs> however, however,
2: though, I have to say though Hugh, what about
9: the fixture for this weekend?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you, uh, West, you, you versus Pr-
9: Millwall.
2: Preston, yeah. What yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. I know. Is he going to the game? No, he, no, he's not going to a, No, I've made no. sure he, he... I put a picture <laughs> picture of him on the gate. I said, this boy writes <laughs> up, he's out. Last time, oh, it wasn't last time, it was the season before, before, no, it might have been before COVID. Yeah, Millwall fans kicked off and wanted to have a, uh, a bit of a barney with West Brom fans who were behind the gate drinking beers and giving them the uh, welcome to West Brom sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Millwall fans were just like, let me at them, let me at them. It's like, Yeah, I wonder if Jim's going to be in that crowd. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, like you say, Haley, Millwall's not, um, you know, as their slogan is, we're Millwall, no one likes us and we don't care. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is yeah, fair no, enough. And
9: it, it, yeah, it's a t- it's a, it's a, it's a tough one uh, going to Mill- going to Millwall. Um but anyway, that's in the past. Looking ahead, it's the Mighty Millers versus not o- not only <laughs> Preston North End but undefeated Preston yeah, North End. No, yeah, Seven no. games undefeated. Oh, no. Uh it's literally the top of the table almost plays the bottom of the table. Yeah. Um this weekend um but I'm I'm backing the Mighty Millers this time. I didn't I did I didn't have any confidence against with them against Norwich. No, and I was proved I did. mightily wrong. I know. I was proved mightily wrong. I, I did it back my Mighty Millers. So this time we're going to Rotherham United victory. It's a home match. Uh their heads are down. They've just lost three nil against Millwall. But if we put we do better at home and, and historically, Rotherham United have never had a good away record. So um you know that aside. I'm I'm back in Rotherham this weekend for a victory, and we are gonna. It's going to be the upset of the league this week with Rotherham bottom of the league stopping Preston from getting that seventh consecutive win.
2: Yeah. Because
9: so there you go. You heard it here first.
2: Yeah. And uh, just looking at uh, how Rotherham are doing it, big favourite for the one nil. You know, seven games in, seven goals scored. Let, let's go for the one nil. Yep. Snatch and yeah. grab.
9: Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it, and it's crazy the difference that Rotherham on the road and Rotherham at home. Um, you know, and uh, uh, it, again, it's historical. We just have this uh, inability to perform on the road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, but you know what? Let's if you win your home fixtures, yeah, that's half the battle, right? You know, in, when it looks in the championship, when you've got to just be the fourth worst team in the league.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which which you are at the moment. Which
9: we we currently are. We're the strongest team in the league because we're holding everybody else up. But but we are. I'm going to place my bets this weekend and I'm going to say that Rotherham are going to do the upset against Preston North End. And of course, we've got two former Preston North End strikers in our squad. Um, So, you know, they get to meet their former team um, at the New York Stadium, so still, back in the back in the Miller's team this It still doesn't sound board. right,
2: does it? The New York Stadium. It just it just <laughs> doesn't sound right. Come on now, <laughs> the,
9: New, the New York Stadium in Rotherham. Yeah, <laughs> There's
2: a certain ring to yeah, it. It's <laughs> just not. Yeah, I, I cannot get my head around that one. Uh, Birmingham City nil. Queens Park Rangers nil. O- overnight score there. Geez, that what a snore fest that was. <laughs>
9: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <sighs> not, not, not an exciting
2: match yeah, at all. Yeah, that one. Yep, yeah, and that's yeah. that's uh, the only chat you'll get about Birmingham from me. So you know, if you want to continue on that one, go ahead. But me, no, th- th- we can, that's it we done.
9: Can a- we can absolutely, uh, we can certainly move d- move on from that. That's for sure. Um, but anyway, just a couple of other things coming out of uh, of England go. this week uh, from on, on the football scene. Um, of course, we had the Lionesses play Scotland in yeah. the Nations League yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday last night, and they won 2-1 goals from Lucy Bronze and Lauren Hemp, um, but by all intents and purposes it was a game of two halves England dominate in the first half, Scotland dominate in the second half, um, and I think if you're a Scotland fan you probably feel a little bit cheated that uh, England came away with that victory, but it was the first time that the Lionesses have been back on home soil following the um, final of the Women's mm-hmm. World Cup yep. to a sellout crowd of forty-one thousand at uh, in the uh, Stadium of Light, Stadium of Light in Sunderland yeah. ground. So, um, yeah, uh, still lots of talk there from Serena Beekman about the schedule and the fixtures. And it was only thirty-three days since the World Cup, mm-hmm. and, and here they are now playing in you know in, a, in, in another tournament. Yeah. So the the fixture kind of um, debate rumbles on in England um, when it comes to the, the female national team for sure, so yep. we'll see where that one lands
2: yeah, um, uh, wegman came out with that uh, wonderful quote of sometimes it doesn't look beautiful thinking, Yeah, no but dear yeah, uh, yeah, idea
9: Carina, In tournament football, and, and we even heard this summer in, um, in the World Cup she's, she's about getting the results and sometimes you don't get them pretty but mm-hmm. you just get them yep, um, yep. Um, tournament football, that's you know, that's very much it has to be your end game right. You have to get that victory. And yes, sometimes it's not gonna be nice. But if you walk away with those three points then you've you've done your job right. So um so that's where that lands. Um so let me take you back now to um the the men's game Mm -hmm. and uh, Neil Warnock leaving Heathersfield. So back in the championship news coming out of news coming out of uh, the Championship League there is uh, Neil Warnock has parted ways with Huddersfield after signing a one-year contract at the start of the season. Uh, <laughs> he's not last; it's clearly not lasted um, one year. And uh, yeah, and there's a lot of rumblings around the Championship. Um, you know, uh, Grapevines and what's going on, and, and how is this? What's going to happen to Huddersfield Town? You know, uh, why has Neil Warnock left? He he is the man that you know, teams fly in for a saviour, you know, to kind of get teams back into winning ways. Um, but, yeah, Neil Warlock, um, after, yeah you know, weeks in the job, has parted his race with the Huddersfield. Um.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned him. They got uh, got the points off us. Uh, uh, yep, yeah. Yep, th- so- th- thank you, Hayley. <laughs> Bringing up those so, bad memories. Well,
9: listen, we lost, we lost, have lost to them too already. So wow, yeah. well, We've lost to nearly everybody yeah. we've played. So <laughs> yeah.
2: <good>. She, she <laughs>
9: waiting for, w- for that West Brom
2: game so you can get three points. <laughs>
9: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you, we're going to get the points against Preston. <laughs> I'm sending good positive vibes to that's the, right, that's to the right. teams back in back in the UK. Um, but yeah, so that so that's kind of. Doing the doing the podcast conversations at the moment is you know is, is Neil Warnock leaving now. The other interesting uh, thing that I've come across Go. whilst doing research this week, and I don't know if it's crossed your radar, is the debate between um, that's coming out of the Arsenal and Spurs preview for their Premiership fixture this weekend, and it's about Arteta and the goalkeeper um, tactics. So Arteta is talking about, you know, he's very much looking at uh, each individual match tactically and making changes to the goalkeepers during a match based on um, taking it into account, like you would substitute a forward or a midfielder or a defender based on, you know, the performance of that individual and the opponent. And, yeah, so there's a lot of debate going around. And it's really interesting if you get a chance to do some research on it. There's a lot of for and against uh, to this new, you know, kind of way of thinking um, about um, the goalkeeper position within, you know, within a, a team. So, just thought I'd throw that out there. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And you know, like I think it's really interesting. On one hand, absolutely, if, if if a goalkeeper that's on your bench has got different skills and abilities and strengths for the team that you are then facing you know, based on what their tactical position is, you know, would you make that change? Uh, and then what does that do to the morale? And mm. what does that do for <sighs> the confidence? And it's coming out of, um, so it's David Raya and um, Ramsgate, our, 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 sorry, our Ramsdale, um, yeah. the number one goalkeeper for England currently. Um, big debate, who's number one? Does it matter? Um, and a lot of these premiership teams now, they actually have two number one goalkeepers. Fighting for a shirt, yeah. whereas in the old days you clearly had a number one goalkeeper and a reserve goalkeeper. That's right. Uh, yep.
3: yep.
9: You know, but there's now this kind of changing tactics in the Premier League around goalkeepers, um, and, and I quite like the um, I quite like the mental um, psychology around this debate. Actually, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a good one. I think it's it's new to rearing its head, if you like, in terms of the landscape of the game of football Um, and you know I can can see both sides if I'm being honest I
3: I would have thought the obvious problem there would have been if you substitute your goalkeeper at half time for tactical reasons then at the 60 minute mark your new goalkeeper yeah. gets injured or red carded and suddenly the third choice they goalkeeper's yeah. taken the field. No,
2: you know, cuz they don't have a third choice goalkeeper. Well, someone, you no, know, has to do like, yeah.
7: that, yeah. it. Yeah, FIFA
2: did that because we had those uh, situations where you'd have, you know, the <laughs> the Peter Crouch get, you know, keeper's injured, get your backside yeah. in in the shirt. So FIFA uh, went, well, let's make sure you've got a reserve goalkeeper. Yep. Or, or, you know, any cool number one, but it, there's a, a keeper on the bench yep. and has to be. So, that you cannot fill out your match card without having a keeper on the bench. Yep. If you yep. substitute that keeper at half time for your tactical reasons, you're in deep doo doo. Like you say, yep. Petey, if yeah, he gets you, injured someone, someone or, or, it, yeah. or a red card, yep. then all of a sudden you, you're making a mockery of that extra player. Well, it's now the bench of seven, and where does it stop there? Do you then say, "Well, we need to have two keepers on the bench now because Arteta wants to play mess around with, uh, with you know that"? Uh, I don't think you'd need Johnny Foreigner football tactics.
3: You'd think they'd want to want to have a. The other one would be um, no. Nope. No, it's gone. I had something and now it's gone. Oh, it's great radio there, Pete. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. <laughs>
2: yeah. If only there was a webcam. I'm looking right at you. And that, that, you can actually see my face it, go I, blank as yeah, I was like, no, I yeah, heard something else. He's, <laughs> he's got the mouth moving and then it just went, no. <laughs> and then there's no, no words. Yeah, um, uh,
9: I mean, again, the debate is more rumbling on in the UK based on uh, Aaron Ramsdale, you know, his place with the England squad and then, um, and of course, Arsenal playing um, uh, Spurs in the big uh, North London derby. I mean, I, I love matches like this. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see which way it goes and how Arteta goes, because he's he's really started a conversation around, you know, tactical tactics within the game and the goalkeepers and their role. And there's a lot of goalkeepers, actually, uh, who are now coming out and saying, well, you can't expect us to save the game if you choose to put us on, put a substitute keeper on. You know, with twenty minutes to go, you expect us to save the game. We've been sat on the bench, yeah. And warming up a goalkeeper is not like warming up a defender, or you know. Yeah. So it's, you know, so even goalkeepers come out have come out to say, "Well, we're not sure that this is, you know, this is a great move for the individual um, for you to make this change." Wow. But um, so yeah, so I think we should just keep an on that and actually see how this game. Uh, unfold this weekend and see if there is yeah. any uh, you know just uh, in the evolution of, of the tactics of the game I think and, and goalkeepers and their role and then, again in my day if the goalkeeper got substituted it was because they were having a bad game <laughs> yes. you know? yeah. Yeah. Well, it really was the minute a goalkeeper got substituted you just knew he was having a bad game yeah. and well, that was why he which was impacts the morale good then good. well
2: we've seen that yeah. with the, the, uh, the great wiggle like you know, if you go to penalty shootouts uh, yeah. It's slightly different when you
3: do a substitution in the last minute yeah. co- because you've got a penalty shootout coming up. Yeah. You know, no problem with that. Uh, the other thing, I, I, it came back to me eventually, was
7: <laughs> when, when you said
3: uh, changing for tactical reasons because the opposition's doing something that you hadn't foresaw and surely as the manager you should have uh, done enough research on your opposition to know what they're likely Turn to do up, in Pete. the Turn game. Turn it up, Turn it
2: up. What you... you- yeah, that sounds like research. <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> on, mate.
3: Yeah, oh, I think I think the Premier League managers get paid a bit more than we do, so I I would expect them to be doing their research. We're on the
2: big bucks. What are you talking about?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
9: but yeah, no. Again, just an interesting. So I, just um, I listened just to a few podcasts. Just thought it was a, an interesting side, you know, side conversation that's coming out of uh, of England. Yeah. Especially head of um, your man this week and with his uh, he is people are loving here in England can I just say um yeah. I don't know if you guys have, have had any you know feedback from from people in the u k but a lot of the feedback that I get is he's been very much welcomed into the the big football in you know Premier League uh, people like him uh he's very popular um so that's that's all good news
2: no now. We've, uh, yeah, breaking news. Japan are uh, taking on Argentina in a women's international friendly, and the Japanese are 2 0 up after 18 minutes. So good, good, there. Yeah. And uh, Chile, Chi, 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 le, le, that's how you pronounce it, Chile,
7: yeah.
2: uh, will be taking on New Zealand later on uh, today. Okay. So that, that, that's going to be there. I'll keep you updated, listeners, with that one. But, um, Hayley, how about, how about. Basildon United against Lowestoft Town in the uh, second round of the qualifying for the FA Cup, the FA Trophy. Brilliant! Is that non-league? Have you gone? Have you taken
9: me into the non-league? Now, I'm, ta- I'm you? taking
2: you all the way down to non-league. You <laughs> bet I have. You better have. Biggleswade will take on Hadley. Yeah, th- these are top top-flight teams. But, but this is
9: the great thing about
2: the FA Cup, yeah. right? You yeah. know,
9: in three rounds' time, they could be playing Manchester United. Exactly. They've yeah. only got yeah. to win. You know. In uh, and that's the, the, the drama of the FA Cup and the yep. beauty of it. It gives those non-league clubs an opportunity to, you know, to play some really great teams and some have some big fixtures, yep. and some money earners, and you know, and let's see how far they can go. And yep. uh, it's it, that's the that's the beauty of the FA Cup. And
2: sure. the oldest club, <laughs> officially, the oldest club. Uh, in Sheffield, the world
9: Sheffield FC
2: are uh, taking on Hanley Town that's an away fixture for Sheffield FC so yeah, yep. yeah
9: well I used to play I played for the first women's team for Sheffield FC so I'm backing mm. them
2: on this one you bet yep isn't it
9: yeah stop- Hanley Town stop- don't
2: know where Hanley Town is no no Stockton Town will take on Bootle Bootle, what a great name. I know, isn't it? <laughs> that's in Stoke, I think that's in Stoke, right? Yeah. Bootle. <laughs> and it's not, bo- <laughs> not Bootle FC, it's just Bootle. <laughs> 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 oh. yeah. well, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to the re- regular stuff. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I just had, just had to go down that, uh, that path. Oh, dear, yeah. dear. No, that's, what what so about so League that's One? you, you want to have a chat there? The big game, Blackpool versus Reading.
9: Oh, that's a that is a big that is a big one. Um, how about I don't even know much about uh, League One. How are they? How yeah, how's
2: either team doing? I will get that up. Blackpool, it...
9: Blackpool versus Reading. Yeah, Ooh, it's a good local derby. Well,
3: Reading's Redi- sure. in twenty first on the spot. Blackpool uh, on the ladder, and uh, Blackpool's fourteenth.
2: Yep. Portsmouth currently topped the League One table with uh, four, from th- four from four from the, four. Yeah, they're, uh, they're going great guns. Uh,
3: four from eight, four wins, four draws. I'm reading it wrong.
2: Oh, when four sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm reading it wrong. <laughs> <You got> it. <laughs> I'm reading it wrong. i like
3: talking them up there.
2: Four from uh, four. Yeah, well, you know, Portsmouth were a big town oh. and a big team. And, Turn it uh, up, Huey. Turn it up, Huey. Turn <laughs> it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blackpool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I was the UEFA media moment now. They took that in the
9: 2005 UEFA championship that we hosted. in So I'm quite quite fond of Blackpool. Good, the, oh wow, as the, as the club, yeah, well, my well, claim to
2: fame. We didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're currently, yeah, like Pete said, mid-table. There, Derby County just above them. Um, yeah, there's some big names in that League One. Mm. Um, yeah, there there is Bolton still yeah. trying to sort out their bank account. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah,
9: Barnsley. That's local to me. Back in the UK, that's like we're neighbours to Rotherham. Yep.
2: So, yep. Um,
9: so we always support uh, the Reds.
2: Yep, Barnsley six. Uh, yeah, they a um, yep. bit of a yo-yo team from the championship uh, into yeah. League One. Poor buggers. I know. Yeah, I, uh, they are. No, yep. Barnsley fan. He's got the you know, the big leg tat of the uh, the crest on the on the on the leg there, and it's yep. like, mate, you've wasted your money doing <laughs> that. He goes, look at it, look <laughs> at it. I go, I don't have to, mate. <laughs> so he's very proud of that tattoo, and only was as proud of the team's performances. Uh, shall we go back to the? Uh, championship. Hayley? Yeah, let's go back to the championship. What are we? What, what we got looking at coming up this season? Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, Southampton. Southampton are leaking goals like it's uh, you know a free for all. You know, for a team that's recently been uh, yeah just recently, relegated, yeah. you'd think yeah. they'd have a some sort of a Premiership defence that uh, would not be. I mean, I think I saw a stat that they've conceded four or more goals five times this season
9: um I, yeah but they're playing middles for bottom of this table right yeah. they've got to look to get points for sure uh, i mean anybody middles for play again they <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough, yeah. tough one for them but the teams above them should be looking um yeah. to to do that i'm actually uh, back to my Mikey millers yeah. we're, we're going to climb the table this weekend because we're going to beat Preston yeah. um and then Stoke are going to lose to hull that's my prediction all right the Hull are hollering the six. Oh,
2: no. they're,
9: they're doing all right right now, um, and I'm hoping they can, take, they can take some points away from Stoke and then we get to climb the table.
2: <laughs> and another good uh, away trip. Norwich City will go all the way down to Plymouth, Argyle. That, uh, t- that's that got entertainment written all over that <laughs> one. Dear, oh, <laughs> <I> dear. Norwich <laughs> to Plymouth. Dear, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
9: poor yeah, That's another. That's a tough journey. Anything going down to Plymouth? It's a long <laughs> way down. It's yeah. a long way down there. A like a journey, it's another long journey um, on the on the way back. That's for sure.
7: <laughs> um, you don't get the thing, result.
9: We've got Swansea versus Stockport Wednesday, Now, that could be a fixture. The two bottom teams—they're the, both in the relegation yeah. zone. Um, so that
2: could that, that could be a good uh, that could be a good fixture. Uh, uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll I'll back Swansea on that one. Oh, oh. come on, Hayley! I mean, they, they just got <laughs> stuffed by Cardiff in the in the Welsh Derby. As it Swansea. doesn't matter I
9: playing Sheffield Wednesday.
2: Yeah, oh that's right, I forgot that. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, know, it's and rem- anybody playing Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> i have got to keep remembering that. Sorry, Hayley. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, so, mark that down yeah, on your no, pools no. coupon, Swansea, uh, yeah. to absolutely gub Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> yep, again, I'm talking to the football gods. Please, uh,
9: <laughs> okay. let a, please let me get two two right
2: this weekend on the pool, yep. <laughs> uh, Leeds United will be taking on Watford, so um, Valery Ishmael uh, playing Valball that we didn't see when he was at West Brom because he didn't get the chance. He has made Watford a... Very entertaining side to watch. And Leeds United are going to be, yeah, they'll, they'll be mesmerized. They, they, it's almost the Pep Guardiola style. Like, you can't score if we've got the ball. And they're just passing yeah. it for fun.
9: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, it should be a good fixture. Only uh, five places split the two teams. So, um, it should be, uh, that should be actually quite a good uh, good fixture. I couldn't, I, I don't know, I don't know what the score would be. I couldn't call that one, to be honest.
2: Oh, no, I'm I'm. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I'm like going to be talk. on the fence.
9: I'm going to be on the fence. I'm going to go nil-nil.
2: Oh, yeah. No no. <laughs> we hate a nil-nil. You, you, could have, you could have gone 1-1. We don't want to draw. You know, Drawers are yes, part of did, our but, game, uh, but nil-nil. No, not a ball the last, draw. The last, no. the
9: last I think I tried to predict was Leeds United versus Sheffield Wednesday and that ended in nil-nil <laughs> <Yes>,
2: <did. laughs> Yeah, we'll have to stop talking about Sheffield Wednesday every time we mention them they get a result <laughs> yeah exactly
9: maybe, we're, that's, maybe that's the plan um, and the, of course the other, my other local team back from home is uh, Sheffield United who yeah. recently just lost in a dying minute didn't they against Spurs the 10 yeah. minutes, I think it was. I think it was in um, It was in uh, uh, extra
2: time. Ah, that was, yeah, that was like uh, 12 minutes of added time, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I
9: think
2: um, Spurs scored, and I think yes. it was at Bramall Lane as well, so poor old Blaise fans. No, were... no, no, we don't, no, we don't like, no. <laughs> Westbourne fans, we don't like Sheffield United. Battle, <laughs> Battle of Bramall Lane, no. won't, won't talk about no,
9: it's all, no, let's not talk about that again.
2: Yeah, it's almost as bad as mentioning wolves. We don't. We don't talk about the wolves <laughs> either. No, no, no. Let's not. Let's mention them.
9: No. Uh, I think that. I think that's us covered. I think we've um, dissected the entire
2: championships <laughs> <for this, laughs> we, we, we've left it in pieces there's blood everywhere
9: there is there's absolute chaos now in the uh, in, <laughs> in the ladder so we'll uh, i think we need to do a review let's have a review next week and see yeah. if, <laughs> any, if any of
2: it has worked out in <laughs> any of our ways <laughs> yeah, we can do that definitely Haley, oh it's always entertaining talking to you we would never Never run out of things to speak about. It was great. <laughs> Love having you on. Thank you for joining us today on the World Football Program. We will chat with you again very, very shortly. Um, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Have a lovely Saturday. You bet. That thanks. was.
9: Right.
2: The, Bye the, for now. Ta-da, That was the Lost Lioness, Haley Roach, and dissecting the English Championship is not the right word. We we've left that a, a carcass. Yeah. But Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup first round, we've got uh, some great games. Banks OD will take on Dalbeaty Star. I'm sure they've got some fans. Yeah, uh, I've got Pete doing some research there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're throwing all sorts of randoms at me here. I am. I am. Yeah. Lossimoth. Lossimoth will take on Beath Juniors. Beath have got a junior side. I didn't know they had a junior <laughs> side. They haven't gone Bocca Juniors all over. Remember they... they, they, they Oh, I've forgotten what the show was, but yeah, they come up with some really strange uh, add-ons. Like you know, oh here's one that if we're going for the juniors, yeah, Jamalon Juniors will take on the Civil Service Strollers. <laughs> that now, sounds like a walking football side if ever I've heard of one. Now, the fun news is West Bromwich Albion used to be called the Strollers because they used to walk to their games. Okay. Back in the back in the day, and uh, yeah, they were called the Strollers. And they got the nickname the baggies because they used to have their their kit in a big baggy bag.
3: Civil service strollers.
2: Civil service strollers. How about that? So uh, look out for that one on the Scottish Cup first round, which we'll be playing later on today.
3: Yeah.
2: With that, we will go and get uh, some real entertainment. We will have <laughs> Molly Appleton joining us very very shortly after the break, and she will talk to us about the women's game, in particular the upcoming. I, oh, I get it wrong every time. I was going to say the A League W. It's not A League Women's. A League Women's. Thank you, Pete. A League Women's. Stick with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Programme on 107.9, Radio Fremantle. Plenty more to come.
4: You're listening to Radio Fremantle
6: 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels, all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au.
4: Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all Gate and Fence Hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor.
5: Oswest Fencing and Time is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Time. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
2: The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And that is exactly what you're listening to, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. This is the World Football Program and Saving Our Bacon once again is the Advocates reporter over in the east, Molly Appleton. Good morning, good afternoon, Molly. How are you today? I'm very good. I'm really good. How are you guys? Yeah, well, you know me. I'm, I'm in the chair, so I'm you know, panicking as per normal, making sure I'm getting these buttons down in the right order, which I jinxed it by saying I am. <laughs> so all those listening out there, if that, uh, that silence such as me doing it, absolutely gangbusters wrong again. Molly, your World Cup experience. We haven't spoken to you since before the World Cup. Mm. You went all over the shop. How did you enjoy that?
8: Oh, it was It was amazing. It was probably only the last couple of weeks where I've actually got to myself going wow you got to a lot of good games <laughs> yeah. um got to just do something incredible and what you know once in a lifetime in your home country so yeah it was, it was unreal it's just yeah um everything i hoped for and probably more so <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah which game really took your fancy molly because like i said you you went to well, over yeah. here, here in perth we were limited to the games that we were given but um you over there you you Picked and choose some of the absolute crackers. Which one left that impression on you? The the, the game. Um, game of the tournament. I
8: mean, <clears throat> game of the tournament. I think that for me, there's there's almost two where it's like as a Matildas fan that like I can't get past Canada Matildas yeah, game. Yeah. Like you know, um, in Melbourne as well. So like where where I'm living at the moment, um, which held, like was just a bit more special. Amy Park I've had some great times like with W League A League at Amy Park so it was great to add the Matildas to that list um, and just oh it was phenomenal like there was just the sense of like stillation and then when um, the news came in that the other game was I think it was a draw so we could top the table yeah. like and we just going like trying to get the message to the players on the field, like we could stop <laughs> the table, we could stop <laughs> the table. Um, and just that your like, it was just a the moment I don't think I'd be able to live out again. And I got to go with a really good friend from Tassie as well. That nice. was her only World Cup game as well. So, oh, wow. Um, that was really special to share that with her as well as Matilda's active. Um, that was just, yeah, that game for me stands out as the right highlight. Yeah. Um, and then anything, anything with Columbia in it really, um, yeah. Brazil-Columbia <laughs> Brazil, was really special, Colombia, jamaica was really special against England, I didn't think I'd be able to back up after watching, um, the, uh, the France game on, 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 um, like outside with all these fans, right, like so we're in Sydney, not, not in Brisbane, oh, okay. um, and that penalty shootout, like we got, um. There were two screens on the on the grounds at Sydney Olympic Park and one had one stream, one had the other. Oh, and wow. the other screen was like five seconds ahead, so we'd hear that, Yeah, the, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So i like prepared before the kick was like just the kick was taken about how we're gonna celebrate. Um, and then going and watching Columbia, like I think it was any other game that it wasn't didn't have a team like Columbia or I think there were a few other countries who I didn't get I think the career fans, I think, were great as well. And there are a few other fans, but Columbia, I think, just blew everyone away and, and um, you know, it was so special that a lot of them are Australian-based, you know, expat sort yeah, yeah, of thing as yeah. well. So they understood our culture, yet they still brought theirs. It was just, um, yeah, just phenomenal watching watching Columbia play and, and get through to the quarterfinals. Um, so, yeah, those are probably... My highlights in the final, whilst well, it broke my heart, um, yeah. um, Spain, you know, they were just uh, another another league, like, yeah. I think, you know, um, if you were to dissect that game, you could go, oh, what if England had, you know, Beth Dett, Mead and, and Leah Williamson, and that could have yeah. changed the game, potentially, but, yeah. I mean, Spain were just in a different league, and everything that's happened to so it's almost like it had to happen, so, hopefully change happens there, but. Well, yeah, so know, unbelievable.
2: He, he, they booted him out. We, you know, he wasn't going to go quietly. The <laughs> Spanish FA have gone doors over there, son, and here's my boot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, less we well, it, it got the outcome it, it, it deserved, and the less we talk about that, the, the happier we are. We all are. It was. Yeah, just that. Uh, yeah, unfortunate Well, not unfortunate issue. I'm, I'm, that's downgrading it. An issue that. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we don't want the World Cup to be remembered for. We, we, yeah, but, for sure. Uh, you know, to to be so arrogant as to say I've I've done nothing wrong and I'm not leaving was just abominable. It really was. But he, the yeah, thing, um, yeah. yeah, they he got one. Yeah, got coming.
3: <laughs> Hugh, you said the less we talk about it, the better, and then you've dwelt on it. No, I haven't. No, I
2: haven't. <laughs>
3: we also had, uh, by the way, Molly. We also had a Columbia match here in Perth. We did, and oh, uh, I actually commented at the time yeah. that because I'd been all the Perth games, yeah. Um, yeah. that the the Colombian fans were the loudest of all of the yeah. ones, and that's not talking yeah. down the other fans, but yeah, the Colombian. No, no, I was there.
8: But uh, they made the Brazilian fans seem quiet. I did, park, <laughs> and it was a different. Yeah. It was a different game, but for Brazil, I think there was a lot of nerves,
2: and obviously they didn't um, make it out of the group. I know, much, but um, they made the Brazil fans seem really quiet. Yeah, <laughs> you No, know, I got my had my Colombia shirt on when they were over here. There was yeah, I got my Columbia shirt when I was in uh, in Brazil for the World Cup there, and um, yeah. people that we were staying with, they were like an Airbnb, but they had uh, Colombian fans, and they travelled all over Brazil. Brilliant. They every yeah. time they they came back to the place, it was just. The funniest people. They were. Oh my good! I had to get my Columbia shirt, and uh, i got the away shirt because um, Colombians, surprisingly enough, don't like Columbia or Col- Columbia playing in the yellow. Okay.
8: Yeah. Oh, that is uh, so. I don't think I can I don't think I've been able to the yellow once in yeah, World Cup yeah, too. Yeah. They
2: definitely favoured their away kit, which sold yeah. out so yeah, fast right. as well. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't find one. And and that is why the away kit for Colombia sells out because they... um, I could be wrong here. It wouldn't be the first or last time where I've uh, said something on the radio where it's been completely wrong. But uh, back in the day, um, Brazil played in white, yep. Colombia played in yellow, right? Uh, and then the yeah. Brazilians after the uh, the 1950 uh, debacle there went were never playing in in white ever again yep. and they <laughs> went to yellow and the Colombians are going, "Oh, you cheeky buggers, you've taken our national colors." <laughs> so now the Colombians don't want to change their their national shirt from yellow, but they choose not to wear it on every occasion they get because they associate their yellow shirt with the Brazil yellow shirt, it's show.
3: a pity that Brazil didn't give up the yellow then after the semi-final against Germany, where they got. Hey, fucked.
2: hey, turn it up, <laughs> turn it up. That's not right, Pete. That's that's not right at all. That German side went on to win the World Cup. They got they done mean, by the winners. Leave them alone. Seven-one yeah. in the semi-final. Yeah. yeah, nice. Dante's Inferno, they call that over there.
3: <laughs> yeah. I was I was watching that one at my parents' house, and, it, and honestly, I was. Am I watching a replay? What's going on yeah. here? Because you're sort of seeing one goal go in, they play the replays, they yeah. come back live and the next goal's going yeah. in. And you're like, What's going you know, it's I I realise yeah. it's three AM, but am I asleep or a, you know That uh yeah,
2: that that was that was horrible. Yeah, 'cause I that, thought it was fantastic as a German supporter. Uh, yeah, you would Pete. You would Yeah, uh, that's not right. Come on, you're bringing up bad memories for you know a whole nation there, Pete. Turn it <laughs> I
8: reckon,
3: <up. mentioned>, yeah. <laughs> good memories for another nation. The last good ones they had because Germany's done nothing at the World Cup since then. Although apparently they just won the World Cup of basketball. Go figure. What? Germany won the basketball World Cup this, about two weeks ago. This is the world football program. <laughs> I know. Pete? No. I, I've got to. Jump on the the victories where uh, I can. Well, let's, anyway, there's a segue. The victory,
2: Lydia Williams yes. signing for the victory. That's uh, put uh, yeah. um, poor old Miranda in a uh, in a tough situation. We we were right. we, we were oh. going to have her as the number one, and now yeah. Lydia signs. You you don't
3: say that. I do say that. But, but did. maybe Jeff Hopkins is going to be doing some of these tactics where he swaps the goalkeepers out at <laughs> half time. And there's maybe Miranda there's could even camera. just send him some articles about, you know, look what, look what they're doing over there, you know, over in the EPL. They're, SWAT, they're subbing there. Uh, they're doing tactical subs of there. Ready? Yeah. All together now, Molly? Turn it up, Pete. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Anyway, sorry. Melbourne victory. Melbourne
2: victory in the. Yeah.
3: yeah. Lydia Williams has has signed for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. As 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 you said, we were all kind of excited when when Casey Dumont left, yeah, because we were like, oh, okay, cool, Mar- maybe Miranda's, you know, stepping up as the the main keeper or getting a chance to step up. But we're assuming with Lydia Williams having been signed that Miranda will find herself, unfortunately, back on the bench.
2: Uh, yeah, well, it, so what what is your thought process on that one? Uh,
8: Mar- yeah, I mean, um, before the Williams years, I was hanging out with some victory fans. We're all going, yep, yeah, you know, uh, it'll be Miranda. Yeah. You know, we went to the NPL final, yeah. uh, NPLW final. right? Like, watching Miranda going, you know, how is she with her feet? Because Casey Dumont was very average, so, you know, are we gonna have start getting with better feet? Um, very average. Ooh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh. But yeah, so we were kinda of going in, uh you know, predicting that she would be the number one and with Lydia coming in, you know, you kind of hope that it's the case. If they do, they do really share the, the duties. I think that Miranda's shown in MPL as yeah. well as um, the games that she got with Victory last season that she can that she can start definitely start and is a great shot stopper. Um, yes. So I just think, yeah, I really hope that it's more a learning opportunity for her and that she gets game minutes and you know Lydia. understands Right, takes on that role of bringing up the next generation and not not stopping no. it. And I mean, you look at the Matildas set up, and that's what she's yep. been able to do. So hopefully,
2: that translates to to national, uh, to to club. Yeah, no, I, that's what Pete and I had a, a bit of a chat off air about. And I thought, you know, Lydia has been struggling for first team football for basically the last three seasons. Yep. And, and yeah, she, she's moved from club to club in the hope of getting that. And I, I just think to myself, yeah, what do yeah, poor old Moran. What? What does she have to do? Because she <laughs> get a break. She get a break. It's like, come on yeah. now. I mean, she's one of the better keepers of, in, in 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 the junior setup. Yeah, and for sure. And she's gonna. Well, we are assuming um, that someone who hasn't played regular football for like forever is just gonna yeah. just gonna waltz in. I think. Probably get tired oh, at And and it's I, it, it's down onto onto the name, you know, so, okay, well it's, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, the Matilda's goalkeeper, Lydia Williams. Yeah, okay, but, you know, when you're decidedly average... I still remember average,
8: the under-17s uh, and going, yep, yeah, she's she's a great keeper, you know, confident with the ball at her feet, yeah. great shot-stopper and can organise defence. Like, for me, I'm like, yep, yeah, she'll break into the dub in the next couple of seasons. And she's been, obviously, in, in the squads, but she hasn't had that chance that, you know, uh, Sally Jameses and a few others have had that... Um, Annalie Grove um, as yep. well. You know that the, they've had those chances that Baby Miranda's not quite had, um, which is really unfortunate. Cause, yeah, I, I really rate,
2: I really rate Miranda. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, her time will come. We know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she'll get that uh, Matilda shirt, and once she's got it. The <laughs> There'll be fisticuffs if it gets off, that's for sure. All oh, right. Brand uh, uh, on the dark street, no way. I'm, I'm turned, going around that other corner. She, yes. <laughs> When she sets her mind to something, bang, it's on. <laughs> now, with the uh, A-League women's, thank you, Pete, uh, how do you see that season coming up, Molly?
8: I think it's going to be really interesting. I think, um, you know, I think with the amount of change uh uh, both Sydney and Melbourne victory. Yeah. I think yeah. there's, um, you know, and then you go, can Western United back up a second season the way they did their first? I think yeah. they can. I think, for me, Western United are probably going in as one of their favourites. Yep. Um, but I think it's really opened up. You know, Wellington's done some good recruitment. Perth, yeah, they, you know, you yeah. guys have had such a young squad for so long. It's You know, it's going to start seeing dividends soon. And I think you guys, Definitely finals contenders. I think there's been some smart pickups there as well. Yep. Adelaide have shown potential in the last two seasons, even if they've not quite hit it. Like I think there's there's just a lot. I think it's awesome. I think it's really great. I think for the Mariners coming in, that's really positive. Yeah. They have
7: yep. signed
8: Kaya yep. Simon, I think it was last night. Yes, that's time. right, before she did. Yeah. Before. I think that's um, really positive to bring in that leadership because I don't think they've really had that. I mean, you, sh- you- Saw what Chloe Legazo did at Western United. Yeah, playing yeah. much, like she didn't play much at all, but just having that leadership and that, yep. Um, yep. you know, just attitude of how to win games and we win games no matter what. I think that's going to really benefit the Mariners there, and um, yeah, I think we're in for a really exciting fight season. I, I think, um, and yeah, I can't, I can't predict who we. Normally, I go oh, Sydney State will we'll probably be up and about <laughs> yeah. first, top two. Someone did that prediction of, like, I think it was Sydney and Melbourne victory. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't. I just can't see <laughs> that <issue."> like, <laughs> Sydney know how to get to finals. We know that there's a fair share. Like, if you're going to put money on it, who's going to finish in the top four? You'll probably put it on them still. But I just I don't see that they're going to be consistent enough early enough to be able to get that first place. And I think that really opens up the whole competition. And then we've seen it's been really tight the last few seasons, and if you don't have a good start, it's really hard to, to break into yeah. it. And, um, yeah. you know, it's not even mentioning City either. <laughs> Newcastle Jets have made some big signings as well. Uh, you know, uh, Airs and there's a few others as well there that have gone up to the Jets that, that know how to play. So I think, yeah, it's really... I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
3: Uh, yeah, as, as Glory fans, we've, uh, they've just announced they've signed Anika Stagic. Who yep. was from Sydney FC and on, obviously is on, our feet. male coach's on, daughter? <laughs> um, no, no, looking looking forward to seeing her. Um, the glory yeah, she got a does... with Sydney
8: FC yeah. last season. I'm yeah. not sure how convinced she was. I didn't. Well, know I didn't uh,
3: watch ironically, watch. she played for Sydney against Perth in a 4-2 winner over the Glory. <laughs> too, she came on on the 92nd minute. But um, yeah. here at Perth, there is a bit of a history <laughs> of. Coaches' children, sons, previously being signed to the team with varying okay. degrees of success. Let's let's yeah. put it politely there. Since the start of the A League, at least three coaches have signed their kids. Um, we in no way will hold that against Annika, and we hope. Oh, yes, oh, no, 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 no. Obviously, let's go. Let's see what she can do Dive on the field. to mind,
8: see, see what she can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, no, we're going in open-minded. Um, She's not going to be I mean in it's, it's,
8: It'll be hard to lock down a starting spot in yep. first yep. anyway with the amount of young talent you've got. That's um, and and
3: you know technically she is o- obviously on the women's team whereas Allen's the the men's team yeah, so there's a difference. Yeah. For thing. sure. You reckon that was in the contract, DP? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> turn it up, you. Yeah, turn it
2: up. Well, I mean Alex would have seen a play yeah. in Sydney, well, so
3: against the Glory, yes. Yeah. no, but
2: I mean, when, oh, he, was, yeah, when he was coaching yeah, out there at yeah. Sydney, yeah, he would have seen a play. So yeah. it, it's not a, um, yeah, it's not a. I don't think it's a, as dodgy as uh, uh, Mr McMahon's son being. Yeah, no, first, that yeah. one was yeah, that Stevie Junior signing. That was yeah. uh, that was horrible. That one, but anyway, we've <laughs> gone down a different uh, path there, <laughs> Molly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Kaya Simon, that that is uh, sensational uh, yeah. to see her back. Uh, playing in, in on our shores, she's a great player.
8: Yeah, I mean, I was talking to someone the other day about about the signing and um, I think that before her ACL, Kaya was having some of her best seasons. Yeah, yeah. That was Fina. So whilst it's been a really slow recovery and I mean, she's, what 32 i'm gonna guess 31 32 There's a couple years older than i am so i'm gonna say it's around that ballpark. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> um, 31, um so i think that you know it's gonna it obviously um it's gonna take a bit longer but you know just seeing the matilda sketch during the world cup show she's definitely had yeah yeah um, being in the right spaces to be able to get back at that at that top level again so um yeah, you know, I think for a W League club to pick her up, I think that's a great
2: signing. Do you see her uh, using this as a as a springboard back into the European leagues, Molly? Um, or do you think, like, like you said, I'm with, with, with the age? Sure. It's sort of, I feel like, I
8: don't know, it, it probably comes down to lifestyle if, yeah. you,
7: yep.
8: if she does want to go back to Europe. Because so I think in terms of the Matilda squad, she might have a late push for the Olympics, and I think that would... That would be warranted. But I think after the Olympics, like, to make the next World Cup would be a massive call. Yeah. So I don't think... And, like, you know, she's had, what, I think the third ACL. Yeah. Um, So, you know, she's had some shocking injuries outside of ACLs as well over the years. So I think it's sort of um, a matter of, yeah, if she wants to go to Europe, it'll have to be about lifestyle almost. I don't think it's to make a push beyond the Olympics for a Matildas. Jersey to, to stay in the squad. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think she's like an Ivy Lewick, who's just going to keep going. Ivy Lewick, can't
2: you? can you go? Go? Ivy oh <laughs> Lewick on my uh, my Glory Women's shirt. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah, uh, that, that was Twenty ten when she was yeah. playing for Glory. Dude yeah. and she's still. I'm never
8: sure if she'll play more Matilda's games here she is. Yeah, that's right. still in the
2: squad to fight oh, the odds. So I know. Incredible. So with the uh, Europe in mind, uh, how excited are are we to see the likes of Cooney Cross for Arsenal and, oh, Hayley Rasso for Real Madrid. Picked up a yellow cap. I mean, she had to start up and I was well for Real Madrid. And I was
8: told by Sadie, who's part of Women On Side as well as Matilda's Active. Yeah. Um, she, she uh, understood Spanish football a lot better than I do and she's like yeah you've got to win over the crowd really quickly oh, yeah. like mm. on your debut there and like especially Real Madrid you've got to really win them over and she did like in those 30 minutes she was on uh, Freddie was really positive about it saying that you know she really uh, Razo did what Razo does best and gets her head down and stuck in and, oh, yeah, and, and doing the work and in in a yellow card, <laughs> and, yeah 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 don't don't it um so I think that's wonderful, um, and I think that Caracuri uh, cross to go to Arsenal. I, I thought Chelsea were in the lead for that, but um, I think that's a fantastic move. You know, she'll get to learn off Kim Little, which is yeah. probably the best midfielder to to, to play the game, uh, the women's game. So and Caitlin um,
2: Ford's
8: still at Arsenal, Molly? Do you know? Yeah, so she's got th- so that's the third of there. So Caitlin Ford Steph Catley both signed con that's right, extensions yeah. over uh, before the World Cup. But, uh, hmm. So, yeah, you've got that there. And then Ian Wright, like the legend Ian Wright, backing up, having Cootie Cross there, like wearing his, his shirt and all <laughs> of that sort of stuff. And being like, we need a signer sort of thing. I think that's a, massive, like, that's a huge vote of confidence to have the legend of the club going like, that's a player that I want at my club and want to see play. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see how she settles into... English football, um, and it's good that I'm glad she's got a squad, squad where they will play the squad she will play, but she's not having to necessarily start every game. Like, if she'd gone to one of the lower clubs, uh, or she would have done at one of the lower clubs, yeah. I feel so. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's really positive, um, and they like playing the Aussies there, so I think she'll definitely get game time. Also, if it was like a city or something, I'd be like, oh no, please don't, no. or United even like, oh, we're not very good at playing. Yeah. Internationals for that that are outside of England, but I think Arsenal uh, is is a great club for great great club for Cara.
2: Well, that's true enough. And on that positive note, Molly, time has uh, beaten us again. Len is ready to come in with Bags Group. Molly, thank you very much for joining us on the World Football Programme. We really do love having a chat with you. She'd make us giggle every time you come (laughs) on. And the (laughs) listeners love you. I know that as a fact. Thanks for joining us. And you have a wonderful day. And we'll talk to you again very, very shortly. You too, guys. It's been a pleasure. Ah, The pleasure is always ours, Molly. You know that. Thanks, Molly. Bye for now. Bye. That was Molly Appleton, the Advocates reporter, all the way from Melbourne. Len is in the studio right now. We thank our wonderful partners, Futsal WA, Oswest Fence and Rort Iron and Gaten Fence Hardware WA. Join us again next week where we will do all this again. Bye for now.
1: Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.